We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artest is jumped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the Roadwire NBA podcast presented as always by DraftKings.com. It is Thursday, January 24th. James Harden leads the league in scoring by seven points per game, James Anderson. That's a lot of points. That's several points. That is more points um, than anyone has led the league by in a long time. He is now up over 36 points per game for the season. Uh, what's more impressive to you, that he's leading a league by seven points or that he scored 263 consecutive unassisted points? Uh, the... Probably the first, I mean, the first one, like it, it's not that impressive to me. I mean, it, it, or I mean, I wouldn't think that that's something to strive for, like scoring all your points unassisted. So like, it's not something that I think we should be like all standing and applauding. (laughs) It's just kind of more of a fun fact than the fact that he's seven points ahead of everyone else. I find, I find both pretty impressive. Um, Harden, of course, scored 61 last night, had the game-sealing dunk at MSG after a horrific turnover by Mo Harkless, who, or excuse me, Mo Harkless, Noah Vonley, who had the ball for some reason with like six seconds left and basically just handed it to James Harden and let him run down for a dunk to put Houston up four with just a couple seconds left. Um, but you're never going to believe this. On Twitter, a lot of people think it's actually not impressive that he scored all these points unassisted because... One, he's being selfish, and two, he's doing it all at the free throw line. So you can't you can't get assisted free throws. <laughs> oh man, I'm I am so so sick of people complaining about <laughs> James Harden and free throws. Like, yep. just get over it. It's not every. Do you think the players want to be fouling him? They don't want to. It's not like they're fouling him on purpose. Right. They're well, <laughs> they're overmatched. They're completely right. overmatched. They have no 
way to guard him, yeah. so they're they're fouling him. I've been keeping a close eye on, on how this has progressed on Twitter over the last few weeks during this Harden run, and it started with, oh, this is impressive, but it's not as impressive as Kobe because Kobe didn't need the free throws. And then people were like, well, actually, Kobe and James Harden took just about the same amount of free throws. And then it progressed to... Well, Kobe didn't get the free throws like that. Like Kobe earned the free throws. Harden just Harden just gets the calls, which is not the case. I mean, you you can be frustrated with how he gets to the line. Um, it, and if you watch Joel Embiid last night, he does the same thing. When he drives, he keeps the ball extended and low, basically, you know, extending the amount of him that can be fouled. When you're holding the ball out there, there's more of your arm exposed. And James Harden has become a master of that. This is nothing new. Um, he's just taking it to a, a much larger degree because his usage rate is like. 40 plus percent because they have no one else and the other thing is it's not that he's freezing out his teammates no one else is complaining about not getting touches on this team I mean the Rockets have been on national TV a bunch of times during this run and if you think they're going to be successful playing another way that's just not correct until Chris Paul gets back yeah do you know who his teammates are like it's it's not like he's freezing out or I mean it's not like there's a bunch of awesome <laughs> players out there that James he's, Ennis that needs he's not more passing shots. to Nene and, needs more shots and he's proven that he is – this isn't I, – I just – I don't – the amount of outrage for James Harden's current season, to me, it's it's like 10 times, if there was even any outrage, to like Russell Westbrook's triple-double hunting MVP season. Like there was almost there – was, there was tiny, tiny bits of people like kind of noting the fact that, you know, they were kind of BS triple-doubles. The rebounds could have been – you know, to Steven Adams, like he was kind of making his teammates not rebound the ball so he could get the rebounds. And that's still um, happening. You know, he's he he will go out of his way to like pass late in the game just to Mm -hmm. try to get the 10th assist, that stuff like that. Whereas like James Harden's just he's just scoring at a really, really efficient clip. Mm -hmm. And you know, scoring at the free throw line is a really great way to score when you're a really good free throw shooter. That's helping his team win right. so much more than getting a bunch of triple doubles helps your team win. Right. And yet everyone's just obsessed with the the James Harden is drawing all these fouls. It's not right. fun to watch. It's like, well, they it, the players they're the only good defense against him right now is just an aggressive double team above the break. Right. And then he, even then like sometimes he'll uh, get through it but usually that forces them to pass to someone that's the only way you can kind of right. stop this right now it's just two perimeter guys immediately double teaming him with the ball yes. above the brick and he's been a willing passer I mean he's yeah. leading he's leading the league in turnovers but that's expected and he's not he's not averaging like eight turnovers a game you know like I think he had four or five last night like if you're if you're committing between four and like six or seven turnovers the way that he's playing that's completely fine to me like I, I think you kind of have to adjust the scale um you know given how they're having him operate but the Westbrook point is interesting because when he averaged a triple double I I feel like most people were willing to ignore it myself included to some degree until at the end of the year it just started getting like really really obvious what he was going for um because it just hadn't happened in forever and like Mm -hmm. I never thought if you would ask me five years ago like is anyone going to average a triple double let alone do it with like 30 plus plus points per game I just would have said no I'd you know like to me that Oscar Robertson record was like uh, kind of this old-timey, like, mm-hmm. oh, that'll never happen. Back then it was possible because the defense wasn't good or whatever. So there was still kind of this, like, allure to it. Now that Westbrook is going on, what, year three of averaging a triple-double? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody even cares. Like, has it, that never gets talked about because once he did it once, you know, he it's, kind of proved it's possible, and now we, we kind of know how he's going about it. Yeah, I mean, and I don't want to – I mean, his MVP year was a good year. Yes. I would have actually had him – I don't think I would have had him first, but I would have had him probably top three if I were voting right. for MVP that year. Uh, these last couple of years, I mean, that that hasn't been the case. I mean, like it's just kind of a, you know, it's a fun stat that he's averaging a triple double, but it's not yeah. impressive like what he's doing really because he's he's so inefficient right now. Um, but I mean, do you ever watch? Like, I don't watch Harden ever and think, uh, and I. I I know this sounds crazy to say, but I don't think of him as this black hole, like hurting his team by no, just no, no. being selfish. Like he, he's very. I, I think he's a more willing passer than than like Westbrook. Like I think he, oh yeah, he, if he sees a guy, if he's driving, and the defense leaves a good three point shooter on his team in the corner, they, they get the ball hundred percent of the time. Like yes. and and they get it on the money. Like he's one of the best. Uh, cross court 
passes, like probably behind LeBron James, he might be the second best Dodgich. at those passes. Well, and Doncic, yeah, the big. You don't three. have to say his name anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like he he's he's a really good passer. He's a willing passer. It's just when you're this good, why wouldn't you? Right. When when he gets a one on one, it's just so high percentage for him to just yep. try to do it himself. It's not like you're watching like Allen Iverson or Kobe just take these contested deep twos that they're hitting at like a 28% clip. You know, it's it's really efficient stuff what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I get if you want to complain that, you know, he takes too many possessions where he dribbles it, uh, you know, out 40 feet from the basket until nine seconds left, goes between his legs four times, steps back, breaks a three. Like that, that does happen a lot. And that's maybe not the most exciting basketball to watch. But then you look at his three-point percentage, and it's pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not like he's shooting thirty percent from three. He's you know those are whatever argument you want to make. The way that they're playing is what's best for them to win games. They have no other playmakers. I mean, you could if you want to put the ball in the hands of Austin Rivers, be my guest. If you want to put that the ball in the hands of Eric Gordon, who did have a huge shot last night to his credit, uh, be my guest. But I I just think we're to the point now where you can't really yeah, for. For a good chunk of this run, Austin Rivers has been one of the Rockets' like four best players. Yeah. So did you did you see the PJ Tucker play last night? By the way, my God, I don't. I was looking like right before I before I went to bed last night for a quote from him. Like somebody had to ask him about that, right? And I couldn't find anything. PJ PJ Tucker is probably from just a real life standpoint, he's probably their second best player when CP and Capella are out. Like, well, I mean, in terms of how they play him, yeah, it's. That and that was their second best player that made that play. Like that, that's saw, that's what he has to work with right now. Some some hero like quote tweeted that video and <laughs> and started scolding Eric Gordon. And they're like, to me, Eric Gordon being exasperating and you know yelling at PJ Tucker and walking away from the play as it's going on is worse than what Tucker did. No, just no, a, no, no, just a bad no. teammate, man. That, at that point in the game, it is just not, a bad, just not a worse. bad teammate. Uh, Harden's assist rate, by the way, this year is. 43.5 last year it was 45 year before that uh it was 51 and that was the year he finished second to russ last year of course he won it so his assist rate is almost exactly what it was last year when cp was healthy for most of the year kobe's career high assist rate just for reference 34.6 kobe's yeah. career assist rate 24.2 so he's almost doubling that right and and kobe one of the most frustrating things about kobe was that he was a pretty good passer like when he sometimes he would have these games where he, for whatever reason, wanted to get double digit assists. Uh, Very Kyrie like, and yeah. he could do. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, that's don't even get me started on on the celebration of that eighteen assist game. But um, yeah, the like Kobe was a good passer when he wanted to be, and he could easily go out there and average. Like if he'd maybe ever thought about trying to average triple double, he probably would have beat Russ to it. I just don't think yeah. he ever really thought about it, but. Um, that was the most frustrating thing about him is like he just chose to never like there were just certain situations where you know you would get those still images of four players on the other team all contesting like a fadeaway two two pointer like yeah. um, <laughs> stuff like that. Some, for some reason, people think that's like more impressive than what Harden's <laughs> doing, and like I mean, you can, I can see the argument either way. I, I just don't. Are we for, for like far enough along that we know that contested long twos just aren't cool? <laughs> Why were they ever cool? Because MJ had a couple legendary long twos. He had twos. a couple of mid-range jumpers, yeah. <laughs> Let's take a break so I can remind the listeners that, again, this season we have partnered up with DraftKings.com to bring you free Rotowire six-month subscriptions. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings, sign up for a new account, and make a $10 deposit or more on DraftKings.com. Then you'll get free six months of access to all the tools, all the sports on rotowire.com. That includes all of our DFS lineup optimizers for every sport, our weekly rankings, our season-long rankings, James's prospect rankings, premium articles, full-season draft software, everything we offer on the site. And you get all that for $10, and you can then take that money and enter it into contests on DraftKings and win even more money. We're super excited to bring you this deal once again this season. And if you want access right away, just go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings and follow the instructions. That's rotowire.com slash DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions do apply. New DraftKings users only. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, well, that's enough hard and talk. Um, do you want to start with Oladipo or trade stuff? 
Could be um, related. We could do. We could start with Oladipo really quick, and then kind of yeah. move into trade stuff. So, uh, Pacers announced today ruptured quad tendon. Uh, I looked at a Google image of what what that is, and it looks like it's the tendon that connects your quad um, to the patella. So it's like above the kneecap, I guess. Which just like as I like feel that out right now in my right knee, it seems like it would hurt a lot for that mm-hmm. to be ruptured. Although you got to commend Oladipo because he did not show like any emotion. Like he went down. It wasn't granted. It wasn't like a gruesome play or anything, but you know, you could, you could see him kind of wincing a little bit, but he left on the stretcher, but it wasn't one of those plays where you're, you know, you're like afraid to watch it the next day on Twitter. Um, but unsurprisingly, he's done the rest of the year. I, I think in some ways this is a relief in that it's not a torn ACL or, you know, mm. a dislocated kneecap, you know, something that I think Kyrie had that at one point. So, I mean, the, the hope is that it's, it's closer to like Tony Parker's injury. He's obviously much older and he was able to recover in I think like six or seven months. So, done for this year but the hope is that by the start of next year he's he's back to normal the biggest question i mean obviously this to me this takes indiana out of it i mean not that they were ever really considered <clears throat> this like takes finals. them out of winning a playoff series yes i th- i think so um it for sure takes them out of like making a run to the east finals or you know making a run to the finals which which was never really in the cards but i mean the question is do they have enough of a cushion Right now, they are 32-15. and 15. They beat Toronto, which did not have Kawhi last night. They're in third place in the East. They are seven games up on sixth place Brooklyn. So that's kind of been the cutoff, you know, between the top five and then six, seven, eight. Do they have enough of a cushion that without Oladipo, they can still get the five? Uh, I mean, they definitely could still get the five. I mean, they haven't even – have they even played that poorly when they've been without – Oladipo um thus far well I actually think they probably I think they probably will still get the five actually because they're pretty deep I mean they're uh you know they're they're just going to be playing I think Tyreek Evans uh quite a quite a bit and he's actually been decent over uh, the past like three weeks yeah like um he's looked more like I think they thought he would I mean the other thing Oladipo hasn't been as good as last year by any means so there's that I mean he's obviously clearly their best player and he's a huge loss but you know, it's not like he's fully carrying them like he was last year. He already missed like 12 games earlier this year. And the Nets are going to be without Dinwiddie, it sounds like, for the next month. So that's you know. they, they, the seven game cushion on the Nets, I think, is, you know, I'm not saying they're going to get the five, or that the Pacers yeah. are going to get the five seed, but I think that they have to be the favorite for the five seed just because right. of how big their cushion is. Um, so, I mean, either way, they're going to be. But now, then they'll, I, I just think they're inevitably gonna lose to the Sixers or whoever they play in the first round and then um but I I do think they are an interesting team to talk about because they have um you know I think the the Memphis situation possibly lines up in an interesting way for them because uh obviously it's nice that we can just kind of talk long term with the Pacers like we don't have to worry about well does this help them this year but like just for next year and beyond uh, they are the type of team where it actually you know I think Mike Connolly's contract is a is a slight negative in value as, as just the way it's going to age um, but they're the type of team where it might make sense yeah. to bring that on no you, they know it's a you know, a slight negative contract, but it's not like they're going to be able to get a quality free agent that's not on a slight negative contract. They're yes. not going to, they're not going to get a good free agent on a value deal. So, uh, getting Mike Conley on a slight negative deal, I think would make a lot of sense. And, you know, they quietly have some pretty interesting, uh, young assets and a pretty good nucleus. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if they, if they were able to get, uh Connolly with just kind of giving you know there's been I've, I've listened to a few podcasts where people have talked about this and like there seems to be a pretty wide range of what people think that Connolly can actually fetch the Grizzlies uh to me just a kind of back half of the first round first round pick should be enough I don't know if it will be enough for the Grizzlies but um I mean, would you include Aaron Holiday in a Conley deal? Because I don't think they yeah. want to. I don't, I don't think, think they, they should have to. to. I, I definitely don't think they should include Sabonis. I've heard that floated. Um, I think that that would just be mm-hmm. a, a huge mistake, and I think that they shouldn't have to include that much. I can't imagine the trade 
market for Conley is is such that they would have to include a guy like that. Well, it depends. I mean, I, I do I do agree with you that it seems like most of the discourse is like talking about Conley like he's thirty four, not thirty one. You know, like, I I don't think he's on a good contract by any means. I think I think everybody knew it when he signed it. Um, you know, it was kind of. I mean, Memphis was in somewhat of a similar situation to Indiana, where it's like, you know, if we let this guy go, we're not going to be able to get anybody better, so we're going to be willing to slightly overpay. I don't think they thought it would go this, you know, this south this quickly. But I, I agree with what you said about Indiana. It's kind of Blake Griffiny in some ways. You know, it's not yeah. nearly as much of a yeah salary albatross as the as the Griffin deal was. But Detroit wasn't going to do any better. Well, I think and, yeah, I think it's very similar to Griffin in terms of he's still a very productive player yeah. not quite worth the deal he's on right. but um it's not like john wall bad no, or, no, no. or something like that well i also think blake was riskier at the time yep. given the injury like the, the blake deal has worked out about right. as well as it could have for both teams really and and especially detroit with his health but like with conley i don't think there's these extreme injury concerns like if blake griffin broke his kneecap um you know three three months after getting traded to detroit they would be like doomed for the next three years like if mike conley is just like pretty good for the next few years like indiana's not winning the title they're probably not going to the finals but it's not going to kill the franchise the question i guess is like what did you know do you make that move to try to stay where you're at this year you know that like they're, they've been so good and we're now you know 60 some percent through the way that indiana's not gonna <clears throat> lose oladipo and then decide all right we're just gonna tank and get a lottery pick like that that's not happening they're way they're too good so you know, I guess you could, you know, option one is just don't do anything, play this season out, you know, finish five or six, lose in round one, run it back next year. Option two is get someone like Conley um, and, you know, at least maybe try to win a first round series. You know, he's not good enough that he's going to all of a sudden keep you where you were at with Oladipo, but they have things to consider salary wise too. So, you know, part of the deal with Conley is like you can't just flip him straight up for Aaron Holiday and a pick like mm-hmm. when you have that kind of money coming in you have to send something back and for them that would mean almost certainly Thaddeus Young's expiring just because after Oladipo they don't really have many big numbers you know you got to get to 30 million almost to match with Conley so Thaddeus Young's at like 13.7 you have you could trade Tyreek Evans expiring you have Bogdanovich on an expiring you have Darren Collison on an expiring you have Corey Joseph on an expiring so you know I, I guess it depends what Memphis wants if they want a clear space and you know get as far under the tax as they can and kind of hit the reset then the type of deal that indiana can offer with all these expirings and you know not a, a high pick or not really this like great young asset you know aaron holiday's fine but i don't think he's a blue chipper then that's certainly one way to look i mean mike conley is from indianapolis he doesn't have a no trade but you know i think he'd be pretty amiable to going back there um and the other thing too is like if you're going to keep demonte sabonis long term you know, beyond next year when we're talking his next contract, that probably means you're not re-signing Thad Young, right? So this is a way to kind of get off that Thad Young deal, don't even have to worry about him in free agency, and then you lock Mike Conley in for the next two years. I For some reason, I thought Bogdanovich wasn't expiring. I thought that they had him for more than one year. but um, I, I'm seeing him as expiring on, on hoops hype, okay. but I could be wrong. So, yeah, I mean, the problem – so I, I, I think that there's a – sense that Turner and Sabonis can't really play together that well and mm-hmm. uh, so that makes a lot of people think that they might eventually trade Sabonis I just don't think this is where you trade no him. no no uh, and then you know I think Collison's expiring and and Thad Young's expiring plus a future pick should be fine yeah um, you can't just do experience i think you got to have some sort of future deal in there the problem i've i've also heard that memphis like they can't they can't rebuild because they you know the fans just won't show up and they won't be able to support a rebuild so what does that mean they have to trade like, star for star like they're they can't get better there's no <laughs> way of them getting better they have they've they've, they've done that we can't rebuild for the last into, 10 years right, yeah and eventually they're just going to rebuild whether they want to or not because the players are just going to be too bad and yeah. slash too young well, that's why i mean this, right. this year was supposed to be yeah. back to contention look yeah. what's happening um so yeah i i think that they're just in a very uh front ownership and front office probably having a a pretty big disconnect right now in terms mm-hmm. of what they're going to be asking for um but i you know i was thinking about 
back to like two months ago or whatever when we were talking about the the uh, dumpster fire that was the wizard situation and how you know nobody really made an aggressive play for Bradley Beal and I think that was a mistake like I think oh yeah teams like the Lakers for instance should have made a aggressive deal for Bradley Beal because I think that he was sort of undervalued even by Washington at the time and then after this John Wall injury now everyone realizes oh crap this guy they've pulled him off the table entirely yeah this guy could be you know a 1b type of star in this league on a really really good team and then you know everyone kind of missed their window now the wizards are just kind of going nowhere because they can't get rid of the guys that they actually are yes. willing to get rid of now uh but a team should have jumped in and gotten beal i think you know teams like indiana should get kind of you know aggressive or, or i mean what other whatever other teams you think should get in on mm-hmm. conley um just kind of strike while there might be an opening within ownership to yeah. approve a deal like this um because sometimes that just comes off back off the table yes. quicker than you think it will teams that have made those kind of leaps of faith it's paid off very handsomely yeah. for them and look what's happened i mean the lakers have not been willing to do that <clears throat> with Kawhi, with paul george with bradley beal and who knows what the wizards were asking for beal um but as we talked about last week now they're in a position where the young guys don't play well with LeBron. They don't play well without LeBron. And their value, all, all the value for all those guys is as low, with maybe the exception of Kuzma, is like as low as it's ever been. You know, especially with Lonzo now having another ankle injury. I want to take issue with you saying the young guys don't play well without LeBron because Ivaka Zubac he plays very well without LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, he's in. He's uh, got, a, got a claim in for him in is some he, this week. I mean, are we going to get to a point where good. people start talking about whether or not Zubac is better than like the other the other young guys like Andre Drummond <laughs> no like like Brandon Ingram or Kyle Guzman yeah watch like what like, <clears throat> Davis ends up getting traded for like Zubac <laughs> Josh Hart and Lou Dang. <clears throat> they don't even have the dang deal anymore so before we move on to other trades and get away from the Pacers uh, I'm on Tyreek Evans basketball reference page he has two nicknames listed I want to know which one we should we should go with going forward uh, option number one too easy too easy option number two wreak havoc i like that one. Oh, reek with oh yeah mm-hmm. sure yeah it. yeah r-e-k-e yeah too easy when when did that come about was that that must have been like first week <laughs> of his rookie season um <laughs> i mean there <laughs> you're never gonna be like sitting at a bar and say to your friend like do you see what reek havoc did last yeah. night and but like if you're the play-by-play announcer after he hits a bucket, you could be like, too easy. Like, that That kind of plays a little bit. Um, I think I, I'm going with too easy. Too easy. Yeah, I just like that it's so irrationally confident with, like, very little to back it up, especially <laughs> with how he's played this year. Uh, okay, so for, from here on out then, he'll be he'll be known as too, <laughs> too easy. easy. So I, I just jotted down a bunch of teams off the top of my head that would maybe make sense for Conley and Gasol. There, there's other players that are going to get dealt, but I think right now in terms of guys we know for sure are available – no one else is really that intriguing to talk about. Um, one, we should note that the Grizzlies lose their pick if it's not in the top eight this year. Right now, they have like the sixth worst record, fifth or sixth worst. So they're in prime position to to get to keep that pick. But mm-hmm. I think that's you know part of their priority here. Uh, what about Detroit? Uh, that's a popular one. Um, it it's I don't necessarily know if it makes sense from memphis's standpoint because either way you're just getting like a much worse version of the guy you're trading like drummond's just like a worse center on a bad deal and reggie jackson's a worse point guard on a bad deal so i just i don't how do you line that up so it makes sense for memphis that's the question i mean it has to be picks involved you know you probably would want this year's detroit pick assuming that they're just you know, kind of continue to be a disaster and you end up with like your own pick at five and then the Detroit pick at like nine or 10, you know, all this, you know, neither of those picks, as we talked about last week, you know, with this kind of being a two player draft for sure. And then a little bit of a grab bag from three through 15, you know, you don't love getting the ninth pick, but maybe you could package those and move up if, if somebody falls and you're not going to, whatever teams get one and two, I don't think are trading those picks unless somebody's really set on Zion and gets the second pick and doesn't want Barrett. Um, 
but that's a possibility. I mean, I think you always want as many top 15 picks as you can get, but I do agree. Detroit, like even the, even like the expiring types that they could send are super unappealing. Even their young guys are super unappealing. Like by far their most attractive young guy is Luke Kennard. Yep. And even he, you know, hasn't been I, great. I think he's a, I think he's a pretty solid uh, by low right now, just because I, I mean, he barely, he's barely played this year. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I mean, I mean, he's not a you know a great guy to be sort of the headlining player coming back. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to do something. Well, you could on do the trade machine, right? Yeah, I, I am as well. You could do Reggie Jackson, the Canard Dog, Ish Smith, and a pick for Conley. Um, mm. all of a sudden, like Drummond, Blake, and Conley is not the worst trio in in this Eastern Conference. <laughs> uh. And I don't know. If I would. Stanley who Johnson... would you? Who would you be more desperate to get off the books if you're Detroit? Reggie Jackson at basically two for seventeen, or Andre Drummond for three for twenty five. I'm not like totally out on Drummond. I think pe- people were on the Drummond bandwagon mere months ago, and obviously he hasn't not, been good. But not, I, I would not, rather get off Reggie this, Jackson. Not I don't this like... co-host. Did you see what happened with Jackson and Blake Griffin last night? <laughs> yeah, by the way, that was that was pretty awesome. So embarrassing. Like I, I couldn't felt even... bad for Blake. I was happy. Like I, it just kind of came up on my feet. I had the sound off, and I was just so glad the sound yeah. wasn't on because I didn't want to hear like the sadness in Blake's yeah in Blake's voice. <laughs> Maybe yesterday it would have been fifty fifty. Who would I rather get rid of, Drummond or Jackson? But that sealed it. I. <laughs> I mean, Jackson is probably on that short list of like five guys in the NBA that you, from afar, it looks like you would most hate being on yeah. the same team as. Yeah. Oh, no, no question about that like, whatsoever. You're on the team plane and like Reggie Jackson's like coming down the <laughs> aisle and you like put all your bags, like just guarding like all the, all the nearby spots. <laughs> uh, um, what about Charlotte? Similar situation to Detroit where pretty much anything you're throwing in there to match salaries is super, super unappealing. But, you know, Charlotte is desperate, although playing Kemba and Conley together, I don't know if that really makes all that much sense. For them, it might just be an opportunity like Detroit and like Indiana to just get a big-name player because you're not going to get them in another way. Um, I don't know. I mean, it would just be like a really horrible version of Harden and Chris Paul playing together. The <laughs> The Charlotte, Detroit, Memphis, like exchange terrible contracts yeah. thing. It's really, uh, it's really sad stuff because we're just kind of shuffling around players on bad deals to teams where like the ceiling is like if everything with this trade clicks, like maybe they could win like forty four <laughs> games. You know? Yeah, I'm trying to add. Uh, I have Memphis and Charlotte up right now in the trade machine, and I'm trying to add Detroit, and it's just not letting me. <laughs> this, <laughs> like, this is too. Are gross. you sure you want to do this? It's breaking the trade <laughs> machine, <laughs> making me sign in um yeah i don't charlotte i you know if they want to make it happen maybe they can like it depends what memphis thinks of like a malik monk i love how you said like charlotte's desperate like they are desperate to cling on to this this seven or eight seed yes i really think so yeah they're hosting the all-star game you know that that would be a big uh big marketing opportunity with that coming up i don't get the explain to me how them them hosting the all-star because this i've heard this like for six months now like they can't oh they can't do that they're hosting all star game this year like what what's the downside of you trading of you being even worse than you already are when the all star game comes to town do you sit, do you think anyone at all star weekend's going to be talking about the hornets i mean i don't think people like you and i or casual fans but i think for the organization people will be you know well, like i i think you want to have I mean, this comes up every year like you know, when it was in la not that long ago you know, the Lakers wanted to have something like it. I mean, I agree. It's, it's ridiculous. And the teams shouldn't be like staking their future on looking good for three days while the NBA is in town. But it, I mean, it, the way people talk about it, I think it's real. All right. Well, man, it's, it's, it's sad. sad. It's a sad existence. <laughs> I, we really need to move one of these teams to Seattle and the other to like yes. Vancouver or something, because it's just really, Oshkosh. it's really sad stuff. Yeah, the herd have been selling out like crazy. Um, what about Utah? Uh, for Conley, I would, I guess, like we're still talking Grizzlies yeah. trades um, for Reggie Jackson. Yeah, no, for yeah, <laughs> for, for you could do Conley for Ricky Rubio's expiring and Derek Favors, and then maybe a pick or whatever else you want to send Grayson Allen. 
I I like that. I like that a lot. I don't know that Utah is actively trying to move Ricky Rubio, but I like the idea of Conley, you know, similar, somewhat similar style, I guess. I mean, Conley's a, a better shooter. You know, both of them are kind of half court, you know, get your offense set type of point guards. Utah is another one of these teams that's not exactly a free agency destination. Mm-hmm. You know, I I wouldn't hate that deal. The, the Conley-Mitchell pairing would be just really awesome i think yeah i think so too that's that's a really nice two-way pairing of guys that can like you i don't think you want one of those guys initiating offense on every single play so it'd be nice for them to kind of be able to take mm-hmm. turns a little bit yeah that's that's the one i think i like the most on the surface like i said i don't know if utah is and, even trying to do anything like yeah, that and they've but. been sort of saving all this cap space for what like you said like the pacers and the jazz are kind of in the exact same spot where they have all this they've done a good job of like keeping mostly good money on the books Mm -hmm. and and not making terrible uh investments but they're not gonna be able to get any of the top tier guys and so this might be a way to get around that um all right i have a couple more but yeah one more team i'll sneak in there kind of in that same vein is milwaukee and I've I've been we've I've been talking I'm in a, a couple bucks group chats with people who are very fed up with Chris Middleton mm. and Milwaukee is in this weird spot we've we've touched on it multiple times on this pod where their entire starting lineup outside of Giannis is expiring this year and none of those guys are surefire all stars year in and year out I, th- I think one of them maybe Bledsoe maybe Middleton end up making the team as like the twelfth man this year but you know that doesn't really mean all that much in the East. This would be fairly unprecedented. Best team in the league trading, you know, a starter, let's say Bledsoe, as the headliner in a package for Mike Conley. But like all the other teams we just talked about, Milwaukee is not a team that's going to go out and sign Kevin Durant or sign Kawhi Leonard or trade for Anthony Davis. And, you know, I don't know that Mike Conley is that big of an upgrade right now over Eric Bledsoe, the way he's playing. Eric Bledsoe's younger, but this is kind of that built-in we don't want to end up overpaying Chris Middleton or overpaying Eric Bledsoe this summer. We'll just trade for Mike Conley. Who's already being overpaid. He's already being overpaid. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do this. This is uh, not our hands. I, I don't see that happening. I don't think I don't think it'll happen either. I don't think the Bucks should make any trades. I while we're talking about them, um, I think uh on the dunk down pod they were talking a couple weeks ago about how like asking whether this this season is the Bucks best chance in the next like five years to win a title i say no only because of the warriors i do you think this that, is do you think this is so do you think this is the best this team around Giannis is ever going to be i can't say that for sure i mean i get i, mean, I get they're the logic. so good right now like right, by, they are. by the you know every kind of stat you want to yeah at. no you're right i mean i i understand the logic behind that question i just think the like final end boss is too good you know mm. if there was a normal team waiting at the end in the west then sure i would totally well, so, agree i mean i would rather just you know i think freedom heading into this offseason is more valuable um and i and i also just you never know what bledsoe and middleton you know what you're going to be able to end up getting them for yeah. and i just i think it's likely that you probably could get bledsoe on a better deal than uh whatever Conley's on yeah and so I and he's younger I think you know there are definitely questions about how much he's going to try on defense after you pay him but um I mean these are also the guys that Giannis has like won with you know I mean I I wouldn't why why break up what they have going like everyone I'm sure everyone on that team feels good about their chances at least in the east playoff so you know why mess it up i think it's too risky to not give it like one good run and you can say like you know they they flamed out in the first round last year but this team this feels different you know like you said the, the statistics back it up that they are a different team this year than they were last year I, I think if they go in and you know they win round one and then they lose in five games to boston or philly in round two then maybe you think about making those changes but i think to make a deal like that and like if things go south like the pr from that would be horrific you know like let's say the bucks would deal bledsoe and george hill for conley and jamichael green you know something like that for the rest of the way then they go like barely over 500 the rest of the season you know i i just think like that would be a something that would be kind of tough to come back from um and the other thing that a lot of you know a lot of bucks people i don't eric name from the athletic is always making this point is that 
you know, you can still, you can sign Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe and Malcolm Brogdon and Brooke Lopez to like market value deals, bring them back. As long as you don't grossly overpay them, if, you know, if it doesn't look like it's going to work out, you can still trade them, you know, as long as they're not being overpaid to the point where they become this, you know, crazy untradeable deal, you know, midway through next year, if Chris Middleton's on a four year, $85 million deal, four year, $90 million deal, like some team is still going to want that. Do you think bucks ownerships gonna pay the tax i think that i think they will (laughs) i think if if this team gets to the east finals or gets to the finals this year then they're gonna get a taste of that and it's gonna be hard to pull back i I hope so i mean it would be pretty embarrassing and pathetic if they refuse to pay the tax in this situation we've seen too many teams go down like in this type of situation but i mean okc when Mm -hmm. when they had their young core that was you know ultimately what what were they like four million dollars apart on harden Mm mm-hmm yeah. So what about uh, Philadelphia? This would be the Fultz deal. Right. Yeah. I mean, this would be just brilliant uh, for the Sixers, I think. Uh, this is a core. One way or another, this core is getting broken up in like yes. two years. Um, there's just I, – I would say there's like a 0% chance that two years from today, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Jimmy Butler are all playing for the Sixers. Totally so, agree. So why not just, you know, you're you're probably still not winning uh the title this year, but you know, you go into next year. I mean, I think that 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 would be a really interesting fit to at least try and you know, that Fultz contract's terrible. I just I don't see the Grizzlies doing that mm-hmm. specific deal. I know that it's everyone's like, "Oh, well, they need Sixers need a guy and what the Sixers need is Markel Fultz to come back like next week, play really well for three games, and then be flipped. Yeah, I I think the what we saw when the Mavs made Dennis Smith available tells me that Markel Fultz's trade value is zero with a lot of teams. Like I think there's a lot of teams that just wouldn't even yeah. take him as a salary dump. No, totally agree. I mean, if if that scenario were to come to fruition, though, if for whatever reason Memphis had this fascination with Fultz. You could do something like Wilson Chandler, Markel Fultz, um, you know, one of their random young guys, um, Cork Maz, Zaire Smith, Mike Mascala, and then they still have that Dario Sarge trade exception for two and a half million. So, like, it, it could be done. In that scenario, like, that's kind of what I want to happen just because Philly would become super oh, fun. Like, yeah. their starting lineup is Mike Conley, um, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Reddick, and Reddick, Embiid. and Embiid. Yeah. That's a that's a, that's a good. They would have no bench whatsoever. You know, maybe they they probably have to find someone on the buyout scrap heap. <laughs> yeah, and Courtney Lee would all of a sudden no be playing thirty five minutes. Jonah Bolden, like, <laughs> Jonah Bolden last night. He had a, he had a sequence where he blocked two shots and then ran down for a dunk. I'm it was pro- very Jaleel Okafor. I like Jonah Bolden. Him or Okafor for the next five years. I'm back in on Ja Okafor. <laughs> Six blocks yesterday. I, uh, hey man, he's a new. I don't. I know. I can tell you haven't watched him because you would be blown away if you had. <laughs> I thought it was DeAndre Jordan, circa 2013, flying through the lane. He wow. looks like a completely different player. Amazing. Didn't even try one post move. Uh, okay, Miami is the only other team I wrote down. There are certainly others that you could throw out there, but this seems like an opportunity for maybe Miami to consolidate some of the horrific contracts that they have accrued over these last couple off seasons. Obviously, Memphis is not really looking to take on long-term money, but you know you could do like three years of Conley for two years of you know one of these deals that Miami has I don't know I think they'll be in on it I don't know that Memphis will be interested but I, I think Miami at least makes some calls yeah I've I think that I honestly think what's happening is Grizzlies ownership told them okay like all right we can we can trade these guys like but you better get us something good and then like the front office was like all right fine we'll yeah We'll tell people they're available. We're not going to get anything, but we'll we'll see if somebody comes with like a huge overpay, mm-hmm. and then they're going to get all these offers where it's like, here's here's our terrible contract. You take this back, right. and then we'll give you like a heavily protected yeah. first rounder, and then they'll bring that to ownership, and ownership yep. will be like, that's all that we can get for these guys, and nothing will yeah. happen. That's well, I kind mean, of how I see it going. Yeah, in that situation, it would be you know you could do something like Tyler Johnson, who expires after next year, plus Wayne Ellington's expiring this year for Conley you know and, and I think you'd have to be getting picks if, if you're Memphis and that one as well but you're basically just like okay we'll you know we'll take on 20 million of Tyler Johnson we're gonna be terrible next year but we don't have 60 million of Mike Conley on the books right I mean I think that 
if the Heat could get off one of their like three or four worst contracts, I think they might include. Any of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, lot lots to get off of. Yeah, well, uh, they already owe that future pick. Oh, right, right, right. So they're kind of they're kind of tied up as far as what they can offer picks wise. Milwaukee Adebayo as well is pretty much their only yes. asset. Then and so. uh, Josh Richardson. Right, I mean, he's on that he's ridiculous. Not, he's deal. not going anywhere. Yeah. That is going to be the best, and maybe not the best, but <laughs> top ten, non maybe the best non superstar contract in the league. Four years, thirty six million. Yeah, three more years after this, and he might get to like. I mean, I, I could see him being an all star in the East, like as early as next year. So, I mean, if the Heat were winning enough games, he would. He might just get it by default. I don't yeah. know who else on that roster would. Um, all right, last thing on this. What do you think of this idea that they would deal Conley and Gasol together? Uh, it's just borderline impossible to it's find fifty-four million dollars of salary that has the matching salary for that. Uh, well, I don't know if it'd be that hard to find. You can make it work. I just don't know what team is like. All right, this duo didn't work in Memphis. You know, granted they didn't have the greatest supporting cast, but what team can bring on those two guys, not give enough, give up enough pieces that you deplete the supporting cast and still feel good about it? All right. Well, let's say San Antonio. Um, I mean the Pistons can do it with Drummond and Reggie Jackson. Uh, yeah. God, that would I would feel so bad for Conley and Gasol if they had to do that. If they got traded to the Pistons, yeah, just because it's Detroit or what? Yeah, mostly that. I mean, I mean, I, I don't I don't think it'd be that much better of a situation. A Conley, Gasol, Blake Griffin. I uh, guess if they'd be nucleus, in the playoffs. Like I think they would be the clear six seed in the east right now if, if they'd had that team I, if that's year. what they want then sure i mean if they want to go well, what else are they that. gonna do i mean so in that scenario you're saying you'd it would be basically be those two for a package around jackson and drummond it'd be jackson drummond uh i think you would kick in canard sure. and then like a guy like langston galloway just to make the salary work mm-hmm. and then um maybe you toss memphis a protected first that turns into like a second or something like that and then I mean, I, I think the Pistons would do that because you know they have Drummond for three, Jackson for two. They'd be getting Conley for three, Gasol for two. Uh, well, we should. I mean, Gasol has a player option for next year at twenty five and a half. I, I think, think he'll he pick would, it up. I think he has to pick that up. I think earlier this year, I think he probably had big, big plans to you know opt out. But I think you just pick that up. I mean, that twenty five. I mean, if he hit the open market, he might get two for 25. Like, yeah. I think you just pick it up and then you hit the market after that and yep. then you take the best deal you can get. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's like you said, I think first month of the season, it looked like it was maybe 50 50, if not 60 40 the other way. But now I think it's like 80 20. He's picking it up. I mean, that's just a lot of money. And he's, he's aged, you know, considerably, it seems like over these last six months. Um, I think um, you you brought up the Spurs briefly. Yeah, I think it would I be awesome. I think both these guys are just such Spursy players, and I think Gasol particularly would really benefit from going there and yes. just getting kind of on that regimen of you know you're only playing 28 minutes a game or whatever. Um, I think that these two would just be just ideal fits in San Antonio. It's just tough to sort of see how that yeah. how you could make that happen i agree and the the thing is if you're including DeRozan or aldridge it's very possible money wise if you're not including them you almost have to include Pau gasol which takes some of the fun out of it because i think you'd <laughs> want those two playing together right so i mean it would be kind of bittersweet to send marcus all there and they have to send Pau back to memphis by himself right. but <laughs> like money wise it just doesn't work unless you do that Pau's already really sad think how sad yeah. he would be if if this trade happened and he was the guy going right. back where was it that he didn't sign because they didn't have opera all those years ago? Oh, um, man. I think he ended up signing with Chicago. Right. But there was someone else that really wanted him and they just didn't have a good enough opera house. I don't was think it, Memphis is going to. Okay, see? That actually sounds right. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, that's beside the point. But yeah, the Spurs <laughs> would be fun for either of those guys. Memphis may not have opera, but uh, yeah. they have they have the blues. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can't picture Marcus Gasol listening or Pau Gasol especially <laughs> listening to a ton of blues. Um, I'm just going to read off a couple other names who have come up as being available. You can stop me if any of them intrigue you whatsoever. Okay. Enos Cantor. Well, you know I have a a soft spot for Enos Cantor's uh, 
2019 all-star bid <laughs> uh, but no that doesn't i well we should be a little more specific like he went from like one week when he was still in the starting lineup he said yeah i really want to be an all-star i think i'm going to be an all-star <laughs> then he got benched and immediately said yeah i think i'll gonna try to be the sixth man of the year so well, well but he also said he was complaining about the benching because of how it affected his all-star candidacy <laughs> which is he's either my... he's either going to be an all-star he's going to win whatever award he's like, in position for i want to be an all-star i want to be the best six man it's like dude you like no team wants to play you <laughs> you should just be happy yeah. you're an nba player <laughs> yeah i mean he's got he's got other things to worry about at this point um so he's available uh the knicks also said today it was reported by mark stein that courtney lee is available you know, whatever, somebody will probably bring him on. Yeah. That seems like a Houston type of, you know, I don't know if they have the money for that, but like that's the type of guy they would just want depth-wise. Or Philly. Sure. Uh, Tim Hardaway mm-hmm. is also available. Man, there's been, I, a lot uh, of, been a lot of Tim Hardaway buzz for has. months on other podcasts. Yeah, there certainly has. Apparently the Mavs really the wanted... Swing, the swing piece on uh, <laughs> Mavs Dynasty. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what to, I really don't know what to expect with Hardaway. He's owed a lot of money. That's, he, a, ne- that's a negative. I mean, that's worse to be than the Conley deal like I think you'd be you know you'd be better off um, yeah getting oh, assets back for Conley I would much rather have Conley um the thing is like Hardaway will score he'll go like for 38 points with eight threes like once every month and then you're kind of like uh I don't know that if he could do this more consistently and then you look at his percentages and he's like 40 percent from the field yeah uh Hassan Whiteside Ugh, pass no, okay no thanks Terry Rozier haven't heard much about this in season before the year, it was, you know, they're going to have to trade Rozier. He was awesome the other night without Kyrie. I still think, you know, like the Celtics have had so many issues with depth and whatnot. You could kind of go either way. You could say like, oh, they might need him in case Kyrie gets hurt or they have too many guys and get, getting rid of him might help. Obviously, he's a free agent this summer. He's somebody I just, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we get to trade deadline night and all of a sudden he's in Phoenix or Orlando. And it also wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they take him off the table and, you know, want to have as many guys as they can for what they hope is a finals run. Yeah, I don't, I just don't think they're, they would get enough back uh, to deal him in season. But um, that one would be, at least be interesting because mm. he's young and it'd be kind of interesting to see what he would do with like a, a 35 minute in that yeah. role. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk fantasy, that is somebody I think <laughs> that if you, if you have a spot on, well, on I'm, your roster to, to uh, somebody. Quick, quick fantasy uh side note here um i have enos Cantor in our staff league and i've actually been relying on him for for rebounds all (laughs) season and i'm just dreading how this unfolds because it inevitably is going to result in him just not playing the final like 25 games of the season or whatever Mm -hmm. wherever he ends up however they buy him out or whatever um so yeah that's the the rebound train that I've been riding all season, <laughs> despite his despite his diminished coal. role, I mean he's a he's still a double double yeah. machine if he just gets twenty minutes. So um, you yeah. wish other players were that motivated to get, <laughs> get these like meaningless awards like he is. I I love it. I love it. Um, Otto Porter. Uh, yeah, that's another um, potential Utah yep. one. I think. Uh, that's a bad contract too, but you know you'd think that they you'd think the Wizards will just be kind of doing whatever they can at this deadline to unload any of the non Beal yeah. uh, big contracts they have, and that that's probably the only one they'll have any success with. What about the Hawks guys? Torian Prince surprisingly available. Ken Bazemore hasn't played in several weeks. He's going to be out for a little bit more. He's available. Dwayne Dedman's available. Bazemore is pretty bad now. Um, Gets a lot of steals, but yeah, he's pretty bad. So that one I don't really see. I mean, he's not. A, I I kept thinking like Bazemore might be a uh, option for the Sixers, and then I saw what he was shooting from three, and it's like, nope. oh, he doesn't even solve their problems. Nope, so nope, nope. Um, Prince is interesting because he's still on a rookie deal. Mm-hmm. He's been pretty good. I was really shocked that they were willing to dangle him out there. Has he that, been pretty good? He's been hurt, but he's. Yeah. I mean, he was really go- really good last year, and he's well, been I think fine. That, I mean, I'm guessing they've probably just sort of decided like. Anyone that's not part of the definite future can yeah, go right. for any kind of. But like, asset, I thought he was part so. of the future. I think he's. I thought he was that good that you know he can be your sixth man at worst. It might just be a thing though too, where he's he's going to be a uh, restricted free agent soon enough yeah, yeah. that like he'll he'll be a, you know free agent way before they're competitive and they don't want to get stuck in a situation where they give him like sixty mm-hmm. mil or something like that. 
Okay. Um, last one. Do do we think the Mavs are going to reverse course and end up dealing Dennis Smith? Does someone get desperate enough that they give him what they want? I still think he's very much available if oh, the yeah. right price is there. Oh, I mean, I've never been more convinced of his availability yeah, right. on the open market. Um, yeah, yeah. Is there anything more suspicious than Rick Carlisle <laughs> offering a public apology to a young point guard? Like, what, what do they think they're fooling? How, how long did he, like, yell at Mark Cuban before agreeing yeah, to right? give that public apology? Um, yeah, I I really want him to get traded just because I think it would just be kind of a more clean environment for, for both the Mavericks and for him. Like, I'd, I'd like to see Dennis Smith on a team like the Magic or – uh, you know, whatever other crappy teams out there that would have point guard minutes to give him um, mm-hmm. just because I, he's clearly never going to amount to a ton if he, if he stays with the Mavericks. I yep. think that it's just not going to work. So I hope he gets traded. I just don't think there's the offers out there that mm-hmm. the Mavericks are going to be able to stomach trading for. Okay. So we didn't even get to the main thing uh, that I wanted to talk about today, but we'll push that to next week. Right. It's not really time sensitive anyway. Uh, all-star starters will be announced tonight on TNT uh, as they have been these last couple of years. I think they do it like between either, maybe it's at halftime of the first game or between the two doubleheader games, but either way it'll be announced tonight. As of the last returns, LeBron and Giannis would be the two captains. I'm expecting that to hold up. Although the more time LeBron misses, maybe there's room for someone to close the gap. Wait, is, is it the, the draft tonight no no no, no okay. they just announced the the starters and that like so we already know how the public voting and all that stuff well we haven't it's seen just the kind final of how results. do the how does that equation of people that weigh in so everything so public voting ended on the 21st right. was that monday and on the 21st media votes and player votes had to be in as okay. well so everything is done as of the 21st any any people trying to vote these last three days are suckers and it doesn't count <laughs> Um, so they like it's been known for right. multiple days. They're just announcing it tonight. The ten starters will be announced. Right. Okay. Those ten have to be drafted one First, through ten yep. in some order. Yep. So after tonight we'll know the starters and the captains, and that's it. But the draft is not until February seventh, which is also the same day as the trade deadline. Is there a one hundred percent chance that the second guard from the East will be the tenth pick of the draft? Well, it might, one, it might have been Oladipo. He's off the table now. So this frees up for I don't, Malik Monk is maybe going to make it. Ben Simmons. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I think it should be Beal. Oh, I, I do too, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he will just because he was so far yeah. down the fan voting that I don't know how that equation works. But Yeah, I see it. That's what I need to figure out. I've not been able to find this anywhere if, like, number of votes or, like, how many how much of a lead you have on somebody matters or if they just do, like, okay, you were first, second, third, fourth. It doesn't matter how many votes you yeah. have. Um, I mean, I think it should be Beal. But I, I still think whoever the second guard in the East is is by far the worst starter that's going to get announced tonight, no matter who it is. Yeah, well, it could be. See, since this all ended on Monday before the Oladipo injury, like it could be him, and then they'll have to replace him later on, which has happened. Wouldn't, I think they would just say, tonight they would say, Victor Oladipo in his place. Yeah. It will, I think they It'll would just do that tonight. One. Yeah, yeah I would hope so. I think, I think that really helps Beal a lot, honestly, because Oladipo probably would have gotten a lot of the like the um, Unf- media nod just because they're in third place. Unfortunately, I think a lot of the media... The media's been talking about Kemba a lot. Oh uh, they've been talking about He's been about like sneakily pretty bad for ben the last Simmons month. and like I don't think the players would necessarily vote yeah. for Beal. I'd be uh, fine with Simmons. I think it's like Beal, small gap, Simmons, and then if it's if it's not one of those two, that'll Oof. just be Then it's I mean, who who honestly is next after that? I, think it's I don't Walker. think Jimmy it, Jimmy Butler's not a guard, right? Walker slash Kyle Lowry. Yeah, actually, yeah, Lowry. Uh, if it's Lowry. <laughs> Oof. Would this be the first time you would never watch uh, an all Turning it right <laughs> off. I mean, D'Angelo Russell has made a case. I'd rather it be him. <laughs> okay, we got to get out of here. Uh, we got guys coming in to do video, but we'll be back next week. Enjoy the weekend. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.